How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Your home of the Cardinals. Arnado swings and hits it deep to left field. That ball is out of here. The Billikens. Jumper. Yes! Billikens win! The Chiefs. Touchdown! Kansas City! We are America's sports voice. KMOX. Sports Open Line continues on a Tuesday night, 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can also tweet at me, at Matt Pauly on air. Very happy to uh, welcome on to uh, the program a guy who writes about the Cardinals for uh, KMOV.com. You can also uh, hear him in uh, Columbia on KTGR. He is uh, Brendan Schaefer. Brendan, always appreciate your time. How are you? Yeah, man, doing well. Good to be with you, my friend. Yeah, let's start with the uh, news of the day. Albert Pujols, comeback player of the year, obviously uh, rightfully deserved, but at the same time, there'd been some of those type awards that he had not won. You know, Ronald Acuna Jr. had kind of been listed a lot, but it seems fitting that uh, as this offseason and all the award season starts to wind down, that he does pick up this one. Yeah, it is fitting. I agree with that completely. Uh, Sometimes you see these awards given to guys who have dealt with injuries, like you mentioned with Ronald Acuna coming back from a pretty gruesome one. And in Albert's case, that wasn't really the the way it went. But the fact that he put up numbers that we haven't really seen from Albert Pujols since really the final season when he was with St. Louis back in 2011, talking about an 895 OPS, his best since that final year of his first go around with the Cardinals and the magic that he was able to bring to baseball fans in the second half, the chase for 700, finally getting there in that magical night of the two homers at Dodger stadium. Albert Pujols was the only candidate in my opinion for the NL award and really good to see him uh, cap his career in the way that he did and get the, the deserving recognition from this one. Brendan Schaefer joining us on the quiver river guest line. Brendan, I don't know if Cardinals fans completely realize I mentioned this opening up the show there was a point during his tenure with the Angels where he was statistically the worst player the worst position player in all of Major League Baseball it wasn't just that uh, he had fallen off the standard that he had in St. Louis and that he was kind of in a you know below average player he had turned into a bad player at one point and we could talk about injuries or anything else, but I think that makes this that much more remarkable because he went from the lowest of lows to being one of the best players in the National League for the second half of the season. Yeah, Cardinals fans might not understand because he's away for a decade and you're not watching him day in and day out to realize how far he'd really fallen, but 
in 2021 when he was with the Angels, I mean, he was hitting 198 with an OPS barely above 600 when they decided that we're not going to do this anymore. We're going to let you go. And he kind of found himself a little bit when he went to the Dodgers. And that was what made him think maybe one last go around in St. Louis could work out. It was just unbelievable, though, for him to go from even the solid numbers he had with the Dodgers in 2021 to what he was able to do over the last few months of the season in St. Louis. Magic is really the only way that you can describe it. You're totally right. He had struggled so much. It looked like the end was all but assured. And then he comes back and writes a storybook ending to his career. I don't think we'll ever see anything like it for the rest of our lives as sports fans. It was just truly incredible for a player of his caliber to, to turn back time and find it the way he did in the place where it all began. You, you can't write a better script. So that takes us to this offseason because even during the year, it felt like the team was still one bat away from being who they really wanted to be from a run scoring standpoint. They're still looking for that bat and they have to replace Pujols' production. I've said it all along. It feels like this team needs two legitimate bats coming in this offseason. Yeah, I think there's an argument to be made for that. And a lot of conversation about maybe the shortstop market, not because the Cardinals don't have a capable shortstop in Tommy Ebb the way that he's performed, but you look at free agency and there are some big names out there in the market at that position. Maybe the Cardinals could jump on one of those. I wonder if maybe they'll go the route of trying to replace the DH spot with a guy who can also play outfielder, maybe a left-handed bat that can hit for some power. They've definitely got some some spots to fill on this roster, Matt, it's going to be interesting to say the, the way that they approach it. Maybe they go the trade route as well. I, I think John Mozeliak has a lot of different options that are before him, but uh, deciding definitively on one or two of those, as you mentioned, is going to be important for the Cardinals offense to get where it wants to go in 2023. When it comes to that shortstop market, I think it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out because I, I don't think the Cardinals are going to give a, a five-plus year deal to any of those guys, but I do think there's the possibility that maybe one of those guys overplays his hand early on in free agency, all the teams kind of get their shortstops, and all of a sudden we're a week, two weeks out from spring training, and one of those guys is still out there, and maybe the Cardinals can can you know kind of swoop in with a high annual average value one-year deal that includes some sort of you know player option with a buyout where they can be done after one, kind of like the Carlos Correa deal with the with the twin, like something like that. I feel like maybe that presents itself. Yeah, and that's kind of the way that John Mozeliak has historically looked at the free agent market. Like, if the market comes to us, whether it's trade or free agent, for that matter, he's been one that's willing to make the decisive move at that point in time. I kind of agree with you. When you look at guys like Trey Turner, Carlos Correa, they're probably getting that mega deal, and I feel like they're going to be out of the Cardinals' price range, even though they'd be very attractive options. I wonder if maybe a guy like Xander Bogarts, if you could get him on a shorter contract, you really like the bat for the Boston Red Sox shortstop, and uh, maybe not so much defensively. So a shorter contract could make some sense as well there. Uh, it'll be really curious to see the way that it goes. I agree with you, though. You do need some impact offensive players to add to this Cardinals roster. Like Jordan Walker, the big prospect, he could make his uh, appearance in 2023, sure. But to put all your eggs in that basket without supplementing the roster as is, I don't think that would be a wise way to go. How much can you trust a Tyler O'Neill who has had a hard time staying healthy and a Dylan Carlson and a Lars Newtbar who, when they play to their potential, they're really good, but at the same time, neither of those players have a track record. Yeah, I think there's question marks there for sure, and that's why I wonder if maybe Walker could be a guy that he's obviously transitioned to outfield, and so that could be his future. Maybe the Cardinals could be counting on him for an early season arrival, but yeah, with O'Neill, it's like he was injured at times, and when he was on the field, he didn't produce in 2022 the way that he did when he was a top-10 MVP guy the year before that, so you've got questions. 
You've got questions about Dylan Carlson being able to hit right-handed pitching. That's why maybe a left-handed impact bat, if you do go the outfield route, would be so important. And I know people are talking about need to go get a catcher, maybe a trade Lars Newtbar uh, as a guy that could be attractive to some other teams. But I feel like Newtbar as that left-handed bat in your outfield is maybe one of the more stable guys you've got there. So, like I said, lots of ways they could go with it, but you want to make sure not to overplay your hand with the guys that you do have. I like Newt Barr. I think he could stick around, but, yeah, they need more than that. I'd agree with you there. Brendan Schaefer continuing to uh, join us. I want to switch gears and talk a little Mizzou sports before we get you out of here. Uh, Missouri football sitting one win short of a bowl eligibility, and they've got a matchup in Columbia against Arkansas, an Arkansas team that is probably – underachieved this year, but at the same time is coming off uh, a good win against Ole Miss their, their last time out. What are, what kind of chances are you giving Missouri to find a way to win this game and get bowl eligible? Oh man, they really need it, Matt. It would be a big one for the Tigers to get for sure to get to that six and six season. This was supposed to be a step forward kind of year for Eli Drinkwitz's program after the big gains that he made in recruiting before the season but now you've got it coming down to one game against an Arkansas team that, yeah, I mean, offensively, they sure seem to have more upside than what Missouri is capable of doing. If the Tigers defense performs anything like what they did in Knoxville a couple weeks ago against the Volunteers, giving up 720 yards and 66 points, it's going to be a problem because I just don't think the Tigers offense can keep up. But if that defense sort of bows his neck the way that we saw against Georgia and the way that we saw in some of those other games, I think Brady Cook's playing maybe some of the better ball of his season. So I'm not going to say it's impossible that they get it done. It's just so important that they find a way to end the season on a strong note, but it's going to be tough. They haven't been that team to close out those kinds of tough games yet, Matt. And I hope this is the, on Friday, the game that they finally figured that out. Do you get the sense that with that contract extension, that that's a sign that, the Missouri administration really believes in Drinkwitz, or is that one of those extensions that you do just in terms of helping out with recruiting? You, there, there's, you know, you can kind of quiet down maybe some some rumors. Uh, you put the buyout in a little bit better position from an administration standpoint as well. Like how how do you evaluate that whole thing because it came at a very odd time. Yeah, it didn't really surprise me, though, like you mentioned, because of the recruiting aspects that go into it. You just don't want to have your coach uh, this offseason say going into – the living rooms of some of these recruits and saying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy you want to sign with when his contract maybe indicates that he might not be around for much longer. I think everybody knows the deal on what those contracts are all about. And obviously he can get out of his contract to bolt for somewhere else. Anytime he wants. And the, uh, the, the program can say, ah, oh, we're not happy with the job he's doing. We're going to fire him and just eat the money in terms of the buyout. So I'm not overreacting to that, but I do think that if Drinkwitz a isn't able to solidify knowing what quarterback he wants for 2023 and maybe build on some of that recruiting wins that he got this past off season. You're going to look at a team that maybe could be looking to move on from him. If 2023 is sort of a redux of what we've seen this year, it's got to be the hot seat at some point if they don't make progress on the field. I did think it was interesting. I forget the exact terminology. You'll probably know better than me. It's not fully vested. I don't think it's fully mortgaged, but whatever the term is where you're basically getting all the money back if he leaves to take uh, another job, does that does that indicate that Missouri does feel like that if he ever really gets this thing rolling that there's a good chance that he would look elsewhere? Yeah, I think it does. It's never it never feels good to say that in the moment because if if things are going well and you say, "Oh, this is our guy. He wants to be here at Missouri." 
Like, I just don't think it's a Gary Pinkle situation, though, right? Like, Gary Pinkle truly was going to end his career in Columbia, Missouri, and, and that was going to be the way that it ended. But for Drinkwitz, I mean, he's climbed the ladder already, right? He had Appalachian State rolling and didn't stay there very long before the Columbia job came a-calling. And so is it possible that down the line, if he is attractive to some other big-name programs, he would bolt? Yeah, I don't think that's outside the realm of possibility, but it's so interesting. On the one hand of the spectrum, you've got that versus does Mizzou want him long-term if things aren't going well here? So I think it could really swing in either direction depending on how the 2023 uh, season really unfolds. Before we get you out of here in Missouri basketball, they play again tomorrow when they take on Coastal Carolina. They haven't been tested yet uh, in terms of who they've played, and their first two games this season were a lot tighter than they should have been against Southern Indiana and Penn. I was not high on the Tigers, and then they've kept winning. They've scored a lot of points, and I start looking at the roster, and I, I like Demoy Hodge. I obviously like Kobe Brown. I like Isaiah Mosley. Like I'm looking at this roster, and I'm going, you know what? This team might actually be better than I thought they were. Am I crazy, or is that a is that a something that makes a little bit of sense? No, I think it makes sense, and it, if nothing else, they're at least more fun than yeah. they were last year, right? I mean, under Conzo Martin's team thing, it, it gotten a little bit stale, and I feel like if nothing else. You're going to see a team that can play well in transition, can get after it a little bit on defense, and be at least enjoyable to watch. I don't know if Dennis Gates is going to have this thing to the NCAA tournament just yet. We don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but possible NIT bid and have some interesting games, at least in conference play, I don't think that's outside the realm of possibility. I like the direction, at the very least, that things are moving so far for the Tigers on the on the hardwood. Uh, well, we'll have a different conversation maybe after they play Wichita State and after they play Illinois and after they play Kansas and certainly oh, after they yeah. get into SEC play. <laughs> but right now, it feels like at the very least, this is a team that's built not to be embarrassed by those teams. Oh, absolutely. And this is a team, too, that we've got to remember where we were a year ago with the Tigers. They, they haven't lost to the UMKC of this season, right? They have, they've they come close, maybe a couple of tight games early on, as you mentioned, but they've at least been able to handle their business. And even in their last game against Mississippi Valley State, you see a pretty sluggish first half, and then they pull away in the second half. So, like, there are signs that things are at least improving. I think staying patient, staying the course with this group would be probably the, the wise investment there, but I at least like what I'm seeing so far. Feels like to me, and maybe this uh... – I grew up here and I've been away for, you know, 20 years until coming back five, six months ago. But historically, it felt like the Missouri basketball boosters were a little bit more active, a little bit more hands-on than, say, the football boosters. How, how have you felt that the Mizzou community, boosters or not, have, have taken to Dennis Gates? I think pretty well, honestly. And, and for the reason being is, like, you look at immediately him showing up on campus and pulling in some big recruiting wins and, and the transfer portal wins that he's been able to remake a, a pretty dead roster in short order. Getting a guy like Isaiah Mosley to come over from Missouri State, a Columbia kid, that you can say, hey, that might be a guy that's preparing for a possible NBA career. He wants to go somewhere where he can show his stuff. And for that kid to choose Mizzou after the kind of season that they had last year, you get Aiden Shaw to recommit after he was part of the Conzo Martin recruiting class, like Dennis Gates had done some impressive things that I feel like it's got to get people in Columbia on board and excited. Ultimately wins on the floor are what's going to continue to build that momentum, but so far so good with the way that he's handled things over the last few months. He's Brendan Schaefer writes about the Cardinals at KMOV.com. Also a host, the big show on KTGR in Columbia. You can follow him on Twitter at B Schaefer 12. Brendan, always appreciate your time and your insight. We'll do this again real soon. Thanks, Matt. Looking forward to it. All right. Very good. Brendan Schaefer joining us here on the program. Just a little bit of breaking news real quick before we uh, get uh, out of here for a break. The latest edition of the college football playoff rankings are out. 
No changes. Georgia continues to be number one for a third straight week. Ohio State number two, Michigan number three, and TCU at number four. Uh, The change comes uh, with uh, LSU uh, staying one spot ahead of USC at number five. Uh, That was after uh, Tennessee. They got beat uh, pretty good this past weekend. They also lost their quarterback, Hendon Hooker. He is done for the rest of the season. So any thought that uh, Tennessee had of uh, sneaking their way into the college football playoff, that is not going to happen. When we come back, we'll talk some St. Louis Blues hockey. We'll get uh, some of the comments from uh, Coach Craig Berube earlier uh, today. That's all on the way next. This is Sports Open Line. My name is Matt Pauley. This is KMOX. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.